the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets. I'm your host, the Finance Ghost. I am Mohammed Nala of MoKnows.com. Mo is one of the most respected macro analysts to come out of South Africa. He is now in Canada, so we get his global perspective layered on top of emerging markets expertise. Together, we will unpack the biggest trends and issues and scratch beneath the surface to bring you our insights and share our love and passion for markets and investments. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor. Welcome to Magic Markets. This podcast is brought to you by Anbro Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investinunicorns.com to learn more. The unicorn portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. Welcome to episode 27 of Magic Markets, and it's, it's going to be a really exciting one this week. We have one of our favorite guests and favorite people back on Magic Markets. You all met him back in February, and I'm not talking about Mohammed Nala because he's always here. We just watched him carrying his ironing board out of his cupboard so he could find somewhere comfortable to record. I wish we were making this up, but you know, one day when we're big, we'll, we'll have a professional studio, Mo. But in the meantime, we'll make do with what we have. And we're also joined by Craig and Tony of Anbro, and you would have met him... Back in February, he joined us for a show called Tech Truffles and Unicorns, which was very popular, talking about their investment approach in the unicorn fund. So, Craig, Mo, welcome to Magic Markets. So, Craig, it's been a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough couple of months in the market, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been very volatile. There have been some nasty sell-offs. Uh, there's been some craziness uh, with the RAND, which is also making South Africans look at their offshore portfolios with, you know, a slight tear in the corner of their eyes. Uh, what do you make of all of this and what's what's going on out there? Sure, well, I mean, you're right, Ghost, Mo. Um, thanks again for having me. It's been an interesting couple of months since sort of mid-February when the, you know, the portfolio or markets as a whole kind of peaked and then sold off. As a growth investor, you know, we haven't had a fun couple of months. You know, it hasn't been fun. It's been a little bit scary from time to time. You know, we've seen you know, a pretty big sell-off in the growth stocks as a whole. And there's been a rotation, you know, into value stocks and cyclical stocks and that kind of thing. And it always helps to try and, you know, think about why that's happening while it's happening. You know, the key issue, I think, which has been driving this is inflation or the fears of inflation. And, you know, when people look at growth stocks, because a lot of them aren't necessarily profitable at the moment, um, you know, they spend most of their money and free cash flow and that on, you know, looking for new talent, um, R&D, marketing expenditure, that kind of thing, you know, their profits are generally deferred for um, a few years, you know, maybe five or 10 years. And and that's when you'll see most of the growth and most of the, the benefit come through from all this investment. Now, if inflation's going up, obviously the value of your rand or dollar or whatever currency that you're investing in um, will depreciate over time. So, you know, $1 invested today is likely to be less if inflation is going up in five years' time. Uh, when we last spoke, I think, you know, it was obviously pre the inflation fears creeping up. And I mean, at, at the time, I recall that, you know, markets in general were, were, were up quite substantially. It was probably close to the peak. I know your fund, for example, the, the unicorn fund at, at Anbro, was up at that time in excess of 80%, uh, if memory serves, over, over the rolling 12-month time period. I mean, that, that number's down quite considerably now. I think your, your, your rolling 12-month right now uh, is probably somewhere in the region of around 30% when I, when I last looked. And I mean, on that basis, I think that's really almost 
symptomatic of a lot of the pressure that you've seen come through directly in the tech space. Because in fact, over a similar, similar time period, the S&P is actually up. Um, although not as uh, not up as much as it used to be, uh, the JSC as well down in South Africa also up, but obviously off its peaks. So I think maybe what I'd like to get to here, and if you can maybe just take us through it, is you know how does your portfolio differ from kind of the the, the tech heavy Nasdaq, for example? You know how does your portfolio differ from the S and P as kind of the benchmark uh, mark index? You guys are very much cut in the mold of active investors, and if you can just take us through some of the higher level thinking around that uh, and you know what the pressure points specifically were for you over the course of the last three to four months sure Mo. well i think the portfolio style is is one that's focused around growth per se you know we invest in in companies that are growing rapidly and when i say rapidly i mean we've just come off a, a quarterly earnings earnings season if you like and you know all of the companies in the portfolio you know, with the exception of, of maybe a handful, beat expectations. And they were all grown in excess of 30% per annum. I think the, the exposure in the portfolio is pretty pretty spread. Yes, there's tech exposure. There's also um, farmer exposure. There's also um, biotechnology, that kind of thing. So it's not necessarily just tech, but I think it's growth stocks as a whole um, that have come down and that have devalued or, or been derated, if you like, by the market. And I think, you know, in hindsight, looking back in Feb, yes, I mean, you know, there was a big push up in these stocks, you know, going into the sort of middle of Feb. And then as those inflation fears hit the markets, you know, the guys pushed the sell button and they and they all came tumbling down. So we're now in a situation where I think you're right. I mean, the portfolio is probably about, you know, between 20 and 30 percent off its peak. Um, Year to date, it's down about 16 percent or so. It's really been a, a growth stock sell-off, if you like, as opposed to just sector-specific. So, you know, it's hard to compare it necessarily to the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ because, you know, they, you know these are stocks that are, are not growing at the same sort of pace that the broader markets are. And they're also generally a lot smaller than the average. So the volatility in that space tends to be a lot, a lot higher. Also, I mean, when one looks at valuation multiples and that kind of thing, when a company's smaller, it tends to have a much higher multiple than a company that's bigger. And what I've noticed over time is as the companies grow, they almost grow into their multiple. So you'll see once they gain you know, larger size and scale, the market starts to value them at a lower multiple than they, than they are when they're smaller. But that doesn't necessarily mean a lower share price. In, in, and oftentimes it's a significantly higher share price, um, but of a much higher market cap and earnings base. So, you know, the volatility tends to reduce over time, but because we're in that, in inverted commas, sweet spot, you know, we've been hit particularly hard at the moment. If I look at a Zoom share price, it's consolidated around that kind of $300 mark. And for me personally, because I'm quite jealous of guys like you who get to do this all day, you know, I have to find the time to look at the stocks that I find most interesting. And Zoom is kind of on my hit list to look at because it looks like there's been a lot of price discovery that has happened around the $300, $320 mark and a lot of buying support that has happened there. So then I look at it and think, okay, people have now digested what this post-pandemic world looks like. Is there now value to be had in something like Zoom? What is actually priced into that share price? And that's the way I just think about the world and would go and look at it. I mean, what's your process to think, okay, has the stock come to a point now where I want to be buying more? What are the sort of things that you will look at? Well, I think the one thing which might be worth, you know, running through, you know, for a couple of minutes is, is exactly that whole valuation process. 
just to give you an idea of why we buy something and why we don't always focus necessarily on price. So, I mean, I'll, I'll look at it. one of the companies we own. It's a company called Cloudflare. Um, I'll have a disclaimer just on this now that, you know, we do own it. Um, I'll run through the valuation of it and, and all the rest of it. And But it's not necessarily a recommendation, you know. So for any people that are listening, um, please don't go out and, you know, randomly just go and buy Cloudflare because um, I've spoken about it. And, um, you know, I do own it also in my personal capacity because I obviously invest in, in the same portfolio. Um, that are that our clients and investors do. So Cloudflare is a, is trading at the moment at around about eighty dollars a share. It's got a market cap of twenty five billion dollars, which is pretty big in an SA context. But I can assure you, in the sort of global context in the US in particular, it's it's not a big company. They have revenue forecast for twenty twenty one of just under five hundred million dollars. You know the the last quarterly growth that they delivered which was published about two weeks or so ago, was 51%. You know, when people look at growth stocks, they tend to value them on a price-to-sales basis. If one does that with Cloudflare, the current price-to-sales multiple that it's trading on is 51 times sales. Now, that is eye-wateringly expensive um, for anyone that, that looks at the, the market with a, a conventional valuation approach. And what I'll try and explain is, you know, why we why have we bought a stock like this that seems so expensive? Well, first of all, you know, we go through our checklist and our checklist says, you know, is there a founder involved? Is there a founder run managed business? And the answer is yes. Um, the CEO of Cloudflare is a guy by the name of Matthew Prince. He's got a 12% stake in the company still. That equates to about a $3 billion investment. So he's definitely aligned with us. Next thing is, you know, is he a rated CEO? You know, do they approve of him? Well, his approval rate amongst his staff and customers is 94%, which is incredibly high. Is the company debt-free? Yes, it's got $600 million in cash on the balance sheet. So it's got more than enough money to fund its growth for the next few years. Um, does it have reach? Well, yes, I mean, it's, it's available in 175 countries at the moment. So there's real op- opportunity for this business to scale. And then what is its total addressable market? Well, the company estimates its current total addressable market to be about $100 billion. So, you know, we'll rewind quickly and I'll say, well, remember when I said the revenue was $500 million. So now this is a company with a revenue, generating revenue or expected to generate revenue of $500 million this year. And the market it's attacking is a $100 billion market. The next thing, you know, obviously one says is, okay, what is the company growing at and can it sustain this growth rate? And, you know, the last four years, the business has grown by 50% per annum on average. We obviously have to make some sort of assumptions now as an investor. And we say, you know, can Cloudflare grow by 40% per annum, for example, for the next three years? Well, we certainly think it can. You know, that would um, mean a decelerating growth rate from where it is now. If it does grow at 40% per annum, its revenue will go up from 500 million to 1.3 billion over a three-year period. If it has the same price to sales that it does that it does at the moment after that three-year period, that is 51 times sales, um, you know, the share price could be $212 a share. Now at the moment it's 80. But then you might turn around and say, but Craig, you're smoking your socks. You know, I mean, 51 times sales is ridiculous. And I'll go, that's fine. Okay, let's look at another situation. Say, can it grow by 30% per annum then for 10 years? And if you say, well, yes, I think that's possible, and I think it, it certainly is, you know, if it grows at 30% per annum for 10 years, 
you know, its revenue will end up at $6.6 billion more or less, which is still less than 10% of its total addressable market. So if it's able to do that, and the market then gives it a valuation of 10 times sales, which is considerably lower than its current valuation, um, it would still equate to, you know, a market cap of around about 60 odd billion dollars, which would then be a target price of about $212 a share. So exact same target price as the previous example. So, you know, in reality, what happens is, you know, these companies are, are able to grow rapidly and they grow rapidly for, for a very long period of time. To give you some context, um, you know, the growth in the, in the US market over the last 50 years, the S&P 500 is about 11% per annum. So this is a company that we think could grow, you know, almost two or three or maybe even four times that rate for the next five or 10 years. However, you know, the price to sales valuation is something which is obviously, you know, it's something worth keeping an eye on. And so what we then do is we look at some of its peer group companies that are at different stages of its life. So another company we could look at is something like Salesforce. Salesforce has got a market cap of about $200 billion. It's got a revenue of $21 billion. Salesforce is trading on a price to sales ratio at the moment of nine. So, you know, if you extrapolate that sort of multiple into Cloudflare, you know, and you say, well, you know, will it get to $21 billion in sales over the next five or 10 years? Well, I think that's possible. You know, then put it on nine times price to sales, and that gets you a share price of $630 a share, you know, versus 80 at the moment. So, you know, when one looks at the volatility of the prices, I think, you know, obviously they, it's something we, you know, we're cognizant of, we're nervous about when, you know, when clients invest in the portfolios and we see them down, you know, we don't like that. It's, it's not a nice place to be. But the point is the longer term, you know, the longer you are as an investor, the more this works out in your favor. And, you know, whether you paid $97 for Cloudflare, which was its 52-week car, or currently its current price, which is 80 um, you know, in five or 10 years' time, if it reaches that multiple, it doesn't really matter what you paid for it, right? I mean, it's, it's probably a price you'll even, you won't even remember. Yeah, so, Craig, I think, you know, that's very valuable. And, I mean, you bring up the point in terms of long-term investing. I, I really appreciate you sharing, you know, some of your insights in terms of the dimensions, how you look at the underlying stocks, uh, how you justify putting them into the portfolio based on your investment ethos. But I, I want to almost segue from that into investor psychology because that's so important. I mean, everyone says they're a long-term investor uh, until you get the kind of pressure that you're seeing in the markets right now. Now, I, I've had a look at your track record, okay? And, you know, if we look at that, I think from the inception of your fund, you're up in excess of 100% and you've, you've, you've well outperformed both the S&P and, and the JSE. So in being fair, whilst I was giving you a hard time earlier on in terms of your, your last quarter's performance, I think the longer term story, if I look at your numbers, definitely tends to correlate with your longer, ter your longer term ethos as an investment house with your investors. When they're feeling skittish, how do you give them that degree of comfort? How do you convince them that actually they should remain long-term investors? Because the emotion gets very strong when you're in the thick of things. And quite often that's when investors tend to trip up and make the wrong decisions, liquidate portfolios and so forth. How do you deal with that in terms of the types of conversations that you have directly with your clients? At the end of the day, investing is a psychology. The important thing to realize is that you're investing in a business. And the business is not necessarily always correlated to the share price. You know, there are times when the share price might be higher than what it should be. There are times when it certainly might be lower than what it should be. But generally, the best way you as an investor 
can sort of offset this sort of volatility is, is simply to lengthen your investment horizon and your timeline. A simple example I like to give clients is, you know, if you put one buck into the market today and you said to me, well, what are my chances of making money? Well, it's literally 50-50. You know, the buck's going to be up a bit or it's going to be down a bit, depending on whether the market goes up or down on that day. If you lengthen that time horizon, you know, and one can do this by looking at something like the S&P 500, once you get to a 10 or 15 year time horizon, almost guaranteed chance of making money if you're invested with a 10-year view than if you're invested with a one-day view. So that's the first thing. Second thing is also then to look at what it is you're buying, you know, and what it is you're investing in. You know, when you invest in companies that are disruptors by nature, you know, they are many, many times shaking a tree somewhere, you know, and there are incumbents in that, you know, in those businesses or in those sectors that um you know that are feeling the heat from these companies and that often creates a lot of volatility a lot of response a lot of pushback from competitors and that kind of thing you know that's i think pretty natural for companies that are trying to change the world you know they they don't always have guys that are on sides you know there could be people that are doubting the you know the business or the opportunity and that in itself creates a lot of bull and bear sort of tug of wars the other thing which often gives me a lot of um comfort if you like when the markets are falling like they are or in our particular market has fallen like it has is looking at the 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 breadth of the decline in the portfolio all the stocks you know in the portfolio have come down from their highs now that's pretty important because it doesn't mean that you know it's one or two shares that are underperforming specifically it really just means that the sector as a whole or that that specific type of investment has been sold off and, you know, when you see companies come out with, you know, like Cloudflare did with 51% growth in, in revenue for the quarter, and then you see the share price drop by 20 or 30%, clearly that's not a fundamental issue that's taken place there. You know, guys have decided that for the time being, you know, they don't want to be exposed to growth stocks or value stocks or whatever the flavor of the day is or isn't, and then the selling happens, and it's pretty indiscriminate. So when the portfolio as a whole declines, you know, then that tells you that it's baby in the bathwater stuff as well. Things are just falling because guys are selling. You know, there's no fundamental reason or, or um, you know, operational perspective, you know, that, that guys are looking at, which is concerning or worrisome. At the moment, we have this unique situation for South Africans where the RAND is incredibly strong against the dollar and there's been this big sell-off in the US markets. And the very first magic market show ever was Mo and I talking about the RAND and how important it is to treat the currency decision separately to the asset decision. But the reality of living in South Africa is that often it goes the wrong way for us. So if there's a sell-off in the US, the RAND gets worse because it's a risk-off trade. But here we have this unique situation where the RAND is strong and a lot of these very attractive assets have sold off, which is now in a South African's favor for once, you know, the world has thrown us a bone. And certainly in my own portfolio, um, I have uh, bought into this dip, you know, if we use the classic term in unicorn. Um, and it's something that I want to continue doing because I do think that a lot of the price, personally, I think a lot of the price discoveries happened. And I agree with a lot of the way you think around, you know, what does this look like long term, much like I buy into Berkshire Hathaway, because I believe that team does a great job of buying value stocks. I think you guys do an awesome job of buying growth stocks. And perhaps as we start to, you know, wind down on this show, how do South Africans invest in what you guys are up to as unicorn? I know the ETN is listed on the JSC. 
uh, you know, where do they find you? How do they find you? And is there anything coming in the pipeline that gives them other options? Sure. Well, I mean, I would direct guys to our, our website, which is dedicated for this portfolio. It's um, www.investinunicorns.com. Um, there's two ways to access the portfolio. The first is via the JSC, as you as you rightly said, Ghost. Um, UABCPA is the share code. Um, we also have this in a unit trust form. So, you know, for people that are looking to invest in it via unit trust, whether it be just a conventional investment um, or as part of their retirement annuities or tax-free savings accounts, those kind of things, um, you know, it's a BCR unit trust. It's on the BCR platform. It's on the Sunlum Glacier platform. Um, it's also on the Momentum platform. So, you know, it's certainly around there. But um, as a point of call, I'd say, you know, if you go to the website, you'll find a whole bunch of information on that. You know, that'll definitely help you along and also give you a peek into, you know, some of the, the shares that we own in the portfolio too. Uh, and again, you know, I think, you know, this is a long-term story. This is a, a long-term uh, ethos that you have, investment ethos. It's very different to the prevailing narrative that I think, you know, not just in South Africa, but globally has been one of value investing for the longest time. So I think that that, that certainly changes some of the paradigm, some of the thinking that's been out there. Uh, and thanks for chatting to us about you know, that kind of journey that you guys have gone through as a house and also helping us as well as the listeners understand that. I, I certainly know that I get a lot of value out of these discussions. You know, I look forward to, to chatting to you again. Uh, and, you know, again, good luck with the portfolio. I think, you know, staying the course has certainly come through in terms of some of your numbers. And so we'll definitely be watching this with a lot of interest uh, from my side. Uh, but thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Craig, thank you. And uh, to our listeners, go off, do your due diligence, decide if there's space for growth stocks in your portfolio. Remember, it's an offshore investment. That's decisions that only you can make. But certainly, if this is a space you're interested in, uh, I think the Unicorn guys offer a really interesting active management strategy around this. Ghost, uh, you know, I just like to always say, and, and before we wrap up to our listeners, thanks so much for joining us on this. Remember, you can find us on the podcast platform of your choice. And remember to go out there and give us a great rating. I think the last time I looked, we had an excess of 50 ratings on Apple Podcasts and we're at 4.9. So uh, thanks so much. We really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for your support. Craig, thank you for joining us as ever, as well as Mo. Thank you. And we'll do this again next week. This podcast is brought to you by Anbro Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investinunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn Portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. Remember to visit thefinanceghost.com and monos.com for more detailed insights. This podcast was for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial or investment advice. Please consult your personal financial advisor.